Before we get started, before we get started, this show is about the game Hero Clicks. It's kind of like chess, but with superpowers. We realize we're complete, total, utter nerds about it. Nerds about it. But you know what? We don't even care. This is Clixinit. This is Clixinit. So if you're a noob, a casual player, or an insane competitive junkie, you found your new home. And now, your gaming superheroes, Adam, Dan, Kane, Austin, and Miles. Let's do this. Hello, everybody out there in Clicksland, and welcome to another episode here on Clicksing It. I, like always, am your host, Adam. Yes, I am back. I was on a little bit of a leave last week. I just had some things to do, but I am back on the podcast. Dan, Ryan, and Miles did their own podcast last week. There was some technical difficulties <clears throat> when they were recording, but Dan got me the episode last night, so I did post this morning. So for those of you who are coming to the Cheesehead Championship this weekend, you'll have two episodes of us to listen to. Um, and then this is episode 190. We have uh, a little bit to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit more about rotation because I didn't get a chance to talk about it. We're going to hype up the Cheesehead Championship, and we do have Anthony Bruno, the fastest judge in Heroclix, joining us today. Anthony, how are you doing today? Uh, Anthony, barn stable, different than... Yeah, oh, my gosh. Definitely you see what happens when I take a week off? There's too many Anthonys in Heroclix, and by that I mean two. Uh, yes, Anthony Barnstable, not Bruno. I apologize, Anthony. I was going to say, you even have his map, I'm pretty sure. I do, and I have to bring that on Saturday for you to sign. Uh, because every time yeah. I play Ryan, I make sure to play that map against him the Um, only map we play on (laughs) when we played last sunday i won roll off and i said i think i'm gonna take you to barn's table i just heard this big grunt come out of him (laughs) all right before long to get you (laughs) (laughs) uh but yes anthony Barnstable, the fastest judge in hero clicks is joining us anthony how are you doing today doing well how are you all doing tonight I'm doing pretty good. Dan is in a sweat box in his apartment because he doesn't have AC. And Ryan, how are you doing? Not too bad. We're right by the lake, and we do have AC. Uh, for those of you who don't live in the Wisconsin area, it was a hot one today. I think the heat index was around 105, 110 degrees. Uh, so we've been a lot like California and Texas today uh, from what they went through this year. Um. But yeah, it was a hot one today, but we are going to get into some things. Before we get into the hyping of the Chiefs and Championship, I want to talk about Anthony a little bit. This is the first time he's been on the podcast, so I wanted him to give or give him a chance to talk about a little bit how um, he got into clicks, how he became a judge for WizKids, things like that. So Anthony, take it away. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, uh, back in 2005 in middle school, one of my friends uh, just showed me a booster of Mutant Mayhem after school one time, and I fell in love with the concept of these dials that turn and the stats change as you play the game, and uh, the figures can just wildly change as they take damage and the game evolves. And I had never read comic books before that and started playing at a local comic book shop and got into the game that way. Uh, and playing the game. About 2011, um, that's when the judge team changed up and they replaced uh, the 
uh, previous judges with the oranges on HC realms from people who remember way back in that area era. And that's when I said like, yes, that is the way that I want to be involved in this game because I had played competitively and I could like occasionally break top 32, but it was not reliable and I was not the greatest competitive player. But I realized like, yeah, uh, judging and being part of the rules and stuff like that, that's where I want to be part of Heroclix and how I want to be part of this community. Um, so I made that kind of my goal and my mission. And by about 2014, then I started being listed on the back of the rule book, um, Heroclix Rules Arbiter Assistance. Uh, and I've stayed there comfortably since then and started uh, helping out with judging. Um, with WizKids at the big conventions like Nationals and Worlds and all those fun things. And uh, the first time I did it, I was so nervous that it'd be like, oh, I'm giving up all this fun of playing the game and convention time, enjoying things like that. And I did it once and I could not believe how much I loved it and just fell in love with it and never turned back. And I am so happy that I did it. Um, and yeah, I just... I. I try to think about when I was a player, I always got so frustrated when I would raise my hand and call over a judge and I would just watch them like slowly crawl across the room just with no motivation. And it was just like painstaking to watch the clock tick down while I'm waiting for this judge question. So I said to myself, I never want people to experience that when I'm answering a question. I want to be there as quickly as I can to help them out and help them get to play as much hero clicks as they possibly can in the weekend and not have to waste time uh, waiting on help. So that was kind of what motivated me and drove me to just be the type of judge that I am. I would love for you for like a Gen Con or a Worlds one year to wear a flash suit while you judge. <laughs> or like a Quicksilver suit or something like that. I just think that would be very fitting for you. Just wear that and then put your um, WizKids judge jacket right over that. I think it would be perfect. Or you could be uh, Professor Zoom because it's yellow and black. That might even be a little bit better. Ooh, that's a good thought. Um, now, I know when Dan did his judgemanship, we'll call it, he had to take a test. Did you have to take a test? through? Because well, I think well, he did through Jay Solomon, right, Dan? I did it through the rock, so his might rock. be completely different than mine. Yeah, so uh, if you, you did yours in 2014. How different was it to become a judge back then? Well, so I, um, yeah, like way back in the history of HeroClicks, they used to have judge, WizKids used to have judge tests. I was not judging back in that era. Um, by 2014, they had uh, gotten rid of the, the judge tests. I think back by 2011, they already had uh, gotten rid of the judge tests. I did help uh, Jay come up with the judge test that the Rocky used for the period of time when they were uh, doing the judge test um, and kind of like walk through the what would be good questions, what would be good um, kind of like red herring ideas to throw in there to make sure people are really on top of their rules and know what they're talking about. Um, so I don't know if I ever got to formally take that test or see 100% of the questions. Uh, I might have, but I just don't remember anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I never had to officially do a judge test. Are you um, able just... to give us like an example of a judge question that might be on that test? Oh man, that was so long ago. Um, 
I think I remember one of them had been like back in the day when um, kind of setting up the game was a little bit different in the ordering of stuff. It was uh, the the question had been um, as the first player list the order of events um, after completing the the role for who goes first until the first turn is taken. Um, in terms of like correctly ordering when you set up characters, when you set up objects, when you pick starting areas, and all of those things. Um, it's like that CPR I, test. What do you do first? Compressions, breaths, <laughs> call 911, <laughs> ask for permission. Like, what's the order of operations? Right. Um, yeah, that was one I remember. I. If I remember correctly, I think that was the era when they were, uh, like Lydia Maller and the power plant and power batteries and all that type of stuff was around. So I think there might have been a question about like the coming darkness interaction with those resources and how it varies from resource to resource. Okay. Um, so being like keep straight those complicated interactions that are common to see on high end meta pieces. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a lot different story to answer those questions when they're written out rather than actually seeing the figures and the map in front of you. Yeah. It's like you almost wish they could give you like a visual um, guide or aid or something like that of what what they're actually talking about. Like can, can figure A and figure B attack each other because of this terrain, yada, 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 or elevation, things like that. But it's a lot differently than when you see it than when it's in word form. I think he did have some sort of elevated terrain question with uh, line of fire and giants and all sorts of terrain and stuff. All right, fair enough. So when was the last time, before we get into rotation, when was the last time you actually played competitively? The last time I played competitively would have been Origins of 2014, um, the U.S. Nationals. I did not make top cut. What did you play? Can you remember nine years ago? Um, I remember I had been playing a uh, power plant based team uh, with that resource, the Mandarin Rings. I loved that resource. That was a lot of fun. But I do not remember the characters I was playing with it. Uh, I think it was Coming Darkness, Lydia Maller, um, and some of those characters. Was, um, White Witch. Was that the year of like Ghost Rider and the Bat Belt? Or was that like Shazam, Black Adam duo with um, Scarlet Witches? I'm trying to think. Uh, or was that. That wouldn't have been Metron and the Nightcrawler era. No, it was definitely after Metron and Nightcrawler. I think it was after Ghost Rider. Yeah, it was like. Uh, the next year after Ghost Riders, so then I think it was the Black Adam year. The oh, the Black Adam, uh, the George Massu Black Adam with um, uh, who is that one guy that doesn't let you do charge or running shot within four? Henry or Trevor or something like that. Um, I know the team you're talking about though. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so. Before we get into our Cheesehead Championship hype, let's talk a little bit about rotation. I know Dan and Ryan covered a lot of it on the last episode, so make sure you check that one out. Uh, they did take time to talk about what figures they are going to be um, missing the most. Uh, Anthony, what are some figures you'll be missing the most out of rotation? So you got from Fantastic Four all the way up to Disney+. Plus. I mean... On some level, I will be sad to see Legacy Thanos go. 
when he had his reign of terror last year at uh, Worlds. So cool to see Infinity Challenge back on the table. Yes. Um, I, I think Daniel Powell suggested he may be playing Thanos at Worlds this year. Ooh, that'll be exciting. Um, I forget if it was... I think he made a TikTok about it. So it would be kind of... I guess, I I mean, I hate Thanos, and I know, Ryan, you said you do too. Um, but it would be kind of nice to see him come back onto the field and see if he can actually be as productive as he was in the past. Yeah, I said I supported him playing it. Yeah, I would do too. He he hasn't, I mean, he hasn't really seen the field in like nine, ten months after he got errated for the second time. <laughs> yeah, I like the, the second nerf was really what put him kind of in the grave, honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, figure I'll miss the most, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Bishop prime. He was always kind of my, my big prime that I like to play from, uh, house of X. I liked him a lot. Um, not really going to miss anything from wonder woman, especially sky tyrant. I know Ryan, that's your boy. He's fine. He's fine. Just like Thanos says. Um, other than that, I know you mentioned uh, Super Scroll. I really wish he would have got more love because I thought he was a really good figure, but he just never seemed to find his place in the meta. He was done great, yeah, yeah. Like the, I mean, the one they made after him was horrible. Uh, so you yeah. thought they could just improve on what they did with that Super Scroll, but they actually took a few steps backwards with the newest one. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's all. You're not going to make a cookie cutter of the same thing, right? So, like, I get why it was very different. Yeah, I just I, kind of you set the bar though. It, it's <clears throat> with a certain piece sometimes, and to make him and make him significantly worse. Like, there was no reason to even make that piece with that one being so good. Yeah, I, I liked it that he could make scrolls. It was, I think, it was that put me on the not the bandwagon was the starting in cap. I didn't really understand that. And he wasn't very super scroll-ish. Like, I don't remember. I don't think he had any kind of pick-up powers either. He just made scrolls, and that's all he did. Um, I know he could give scroll, uh, what were those called? Um, sidekicks powers that they could choose from adjacent opposing characters next to them, but that's pretty much all he did. It's um, really specific. They, the, it says, uh, choose a friendly sidekick and a displayed standard attack power that an opposing character adjacent to that sidekick can use. Yeah. And the chosen sidekick can use this power. So, very specific. And he had no kind of pickup power, right? He did not know. He was just a running shot in cap, I think, impervious leadership figure. That was pretty yep. much it. Um. But uh, I guess the other one that I'll miss a lot is Prime Gladdy Daddy. I always liked him. Uh, he just doesn't fit the meta anymore. He hits like a brick, you know what house, but that's it for 100 points. He's very hard to take down still. And I think the nerf hurt him a little bit too. When is it now the opposing character can now choose operation, or how does that work? Well, you pick it now, but you, what made him worse is that knockback damage came back. That's and what it was. So there's a lot more people that can knock back either him or his mastermind fodder. And then with being able to move terrain now, it's a lot easier to get around mastermind as well. Yep, that's right. But he got better because you can pick the order that you can try to roll for his, uh, um, what's it called, confidence token. And then if you miss that, then you can roll for uh, um, impervious. Yep. Um, the big ones that are 
kind of leaving the field, Marvella, Mary Jane Watson, Felix Faust, Sky Tyrant, Scarab, um, Professor X, so no more X-Men swap is going to be a thing. So uh, I'm expecting to see a few more Apocalypse, whatever team, swap teams at Worlds, because after next month, that's not going to be a thing anymore. Do you think besides MOE swap, do you think that we'll be seeing any other kind of swap? Because I know there's um, Sinister Syndicate, there's Avengers, there's... Um... No, Avengers, Avengers is out, too. Oh, that's so right. They, that they was won't... Empire, wasn't that? Yeah, so they're out, too. That's out, too. So we have... Do we have Brotherhood still? No. That's gone, too? Yep. It's just uh, Sinister Syndicate, and then... Um, what is it? Uh, the MOE stuff, I MOE. think. Okay. All right. But yeah, so expect everyone to get their last pieces in that they wanted to play from the set, obviously from or from the past sets at uh, Worlds. Uh, but then the new era begins in September. All right. So we are here to talk some hype about our Cheesehead Championship. We've been talking about this for a few months now. Like I said, Dan and Anthony are going to be our judges. Anthony's that's going to be showing up a little bit later because he has to work that day, but he was gracious enough to come after work, so I think he's going to get there around 12.30-ish. Does that sound right, Anthony? Um, I think 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock, okay. So he should be there either after first round or in the middle of second round, somewhere in there. Uh, right now, uh, it's set for this Saturday, so if you're still on the fence, uh, you've got like three days to decide. It's going to be at Coliseum Games. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, the buy-in is $40. Now, that does seem a little bit expensive, but if you do end up winning the event, you are going to be walking away with a case. That's right, a case of Notorious. Even though it's not out yet, we will be shipping all the Notorious product to uh, the winners. So first place gets a case of Notorious and a first place trophy that was built and designed by Jonathan Virgilio, who lives out in Florida. Met him and bunked with him at Gen Con. So Jonathan, if you're listening, thank you so much for making that. If you get second place, you're going to be walking away with a brick. Uh, so that's pretty good. Uh, second and third, I'm sorry, third and fourth place are going to be walking away with six boosters and then fifth through sixth. Wow, fifth through eighth are going to be walking away with two boosters. Now, that prizing is based off of 20 people. If we get more than 20 people, that prizing will go up. Um, maybe third and fourth might get eight boosters, and fifth through eighth might get uh, four. It's all going to depend on how many people we get. But that will be the prizing as of right now. But if we get more, we'll be able to talk to the store manager at Coliseum Games, and we may be able to bump that prizing up. Also, for the Fellowship, Fellowship is going to be walking away with a Brick of Notorious and a Fellowship Trophy. Now, the Fellowship, me, Anthony, and Dan will talk about it, so we'll either base it off of team uniqueness or maybe someone just had a really, really, really bad day playing. But, like, I remember, uh, I forget her name. I think her name was Amber. Uh, she played Star Jammers, I think it was, at Worlds last year. And I think she walked away with Fellowship. Can you confirm that, Anthony? Do you remember? Oh, I remember the name of the person. No. Um, but that sounds about right. Yeah, I think somebody played Star Jammers, and I think she got voted um, 
to win fellowship, and I believe she walked away with a really good uh, prize support as well. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll either base it off of team uniqueness or off of just like really, really like if someone just really got destroyed, uh, bad luck. Now I'm not saying that you should intentionally lose just to get fellowship when you come to the CHC, um, but that's what's going to be the prizing is, and then. We do have additional prizes for everybody that shows up. So we are going to do a top cut to eight, but then everybody before that, I have a big box of prizes that we got from our sponsor over at Glass Cabin Hobbies. I threw some stuff in, Dan threw some stuff in, everyone from the Clicks crew threw stuff in. So you will walk away with something. There's play at home kits, there's boosters. I know Dan threw it an old man Hawkeye convention LE in there. And that'll be based off of what position that you uh, ended up in. So obviously ninth will pick first and so forth and so forth through there. Um, also, Jonathan Virgilio made some clicks trays with um, our logo on it, along with there's a Batman one in there. There's an X-Men one in there. So if that's something you want too, that's also going to be a prize as well. And then our last prize was made by Jeremiah Peterson. I reached out to him and he actually made us a dice cup with our logo. It says Cheesehead Championship. It's got our little uh, superhero logo with a cheese head and then a skyline uh, printout around the dice cup. I did a uh, Facebook Live a couple days ago to show it off. It turned out super, super well. He said that was the first time he ever made a dice cup that had a wraparound image on it through the whole thing. So how we're going to give that away is that after the last round, are we doing four or five rounds? Four, right? Yeah, four. Four rounds of Swiss? Well, it, it, well, I think if we get more people than 20, we'll go to five. Okay. But if it's right around that, we'll do four. Uh, so whenever we decide to do the last round, we're going to do a roll-off with everybody. So if you show up and you still stick around, that's one thing I also want to say is to get a prize, don't drop. If you drop, you're not going to be eligible for the prize. So I want to make sure everyone stays through at least top cut. If you decide to drop and leave, because maybe you just had a bad day rolling the dice. Sorry, but you got to stay through top cut to get a prize. Um, but after we decide to do the last round, we'll do the roll off where everyone rolls dice. And then I haven't decided quite how we're going to do it yet. But if I say you like everyone above a seven, stick around. And then everyone rolls again. Everyone above an eight, stick around. And then we'll go all the way until the last person. And that will be the person that wins the dice cup. So if you just show up, you may have a chance of winning that dice cup as well. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that registration starts at 1030. So make sure you get there at 1030, have your build sheet ready, and then we are going to be doing seating and hopefully rolling the dice at 1115 a.m. So don't show up any later than I would say, you know, 11, 11, 10, because we want to make sure that the dice are rolling. Everyone's seated until or at 1115. And I believe we're going to do a dinner break at around 5 o'clock. So that's where it's going to depend on if we do um, four games of Swiss or five games of Swiss, depending on the people that show up. Now, I am planning on playing. The only way I'm not going to play is if we have an even number of people. So, like, let's say we have 26 people show up. I'm not going to play because I don't want to have that buy round shenanigans happen. But if we have, like, 23, 25, whatever... I will put in my um, team to play for it, but I, I know buy rounds always going to mess things up. So that's the only way that I'm not going to play. I'm just coming playing for fun. I'm going to bring up my team real quick right now. 
Um, this is really the last time people are able to play, or I should say test for worlds. So I would suggest you build stuff for that because I think the competition is going to be pretty fierce for this, uh, for whoever's coming. Um, I'm going to be playing Blackheart, Carnage Clea with the Symbiote, Wonder Woman Chainsaw, General Thunderbolt Ross Legacy card from the Hulk uh, played home kit, Genesis with the Soul Sword, and Apocalypse with the Soul Sword. Um, I dubbed this team. I'm going to do this in my best uh, infomercial voice. That's a lot of damage. I don't know who that guy is, but I love that saying. It's just a lot to get through. Lots of um, stop clicks, lots of mystics. I've always wanted to play this Thunderbolt Ross. <clears throat> I was a little disappointed with his legacy card because I loved his airstrike that he had previously. Uh, <clears throat> and I think it would have been kind of hard to get to it because you did have to push him to get to it. But now it's whenever that click's revealed, you just take a penetrating damage. So I think it'd be a fun team. I wanted to give it a shot. Um, Anthony, we'll start with you. If you were to come to this event, what do you think you might play? With rotation happening, are you going to play something from the older sets? Or would you play something more newer? Or would you just come and play for fun? Uh, I mean, I did think PJ's team of the ridiculous number of scarabs was hilarious, but I don't <laughs> own enough to play that. Well, you so... can ask Ryan because he owns that exact amount, and he played that on Sunday when we played. <laughs> Um, so I would probably just build something more fun. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, what's your funnest team right now that you can kind of think of, or is there a figure that you've always wanted to try, but you know, he just get destroyed because he can't keep up with the current meta. Um, I definitely love playing the young Avengers. I have enjoyed playing those figures. Um, since the original Avengers set in like 2007 when they came out. Um, but yeah, they do not keep up at all. How um, often do you get to play? Not very often. I mostly just do judging stuff. I know the young Avengers now can add Hawkeye and Hawkeye, which they're, yeah. pretty, they're pretty good. Especially if you can team them up with the Patriot team up card where you have to kill everybody twice. Um, I think we talked about that at uh, Gen Con where, like, you know, you put that on a, you do the team-up car with Patriot and Reptile, and he's just super annoying. So if you do actually kill him, you have to kill him twice. And then I think we discussed, too, that he's a mystical keyword also. So if you wanted to throw in a uh, Wonder Woman, actually, does the Chainsaw Wonder Woman need a keyword to bring someone back to life or no? Just anybody. So you could technically try to kill him three times if you really wanted to. Um, Dan, if you were to play, what would you play? Would you practice for more worlds? Would you come just for fun? Is there a certain figure that you've never had a chance to play with yet? No, I'd probably just practice for worlds, honestly. Are you willing to go over your worlds team, or do you want to keep it hush-hush? Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, so my current team is Scarlet Witch at 75. Uh, Black Suit Spidey at full. Um, Blue Marvel at 50. Uh, let's see. Uh, sim uh, Spidey has the Symbiote, and Scarlet Witch obviously has the Cold. Uh, Frogman with the Shock Gauntlets, and Iron Man, the common from Avengers 60th with the Symbiote, because he kind of just brings my whole team together. That's the leadership side sub TK one, right? 
Yep, and he gives every character on my force precision strike because they have the Avengers keyword. That's right. And then are you running any Taros? Yes, I am currently running... Which ones am I running? Uh, uh, the three that I have right in front of me right now are... What was it? Uh, Nine of Swords, which is the Precision Strike card. Uh, I have the Ten of Cups for improved, improved Impervious. And then uh, Two of Pentacles, which is when a character uses a Leap Climb, is given a move action. You can move, and if you move five squares or less after resolutions, they can make an attack. So you need an Arcane and you need a Wand, I think it is? Yeah, my Arcane is the Emperor, which is the, at the beginning of the turn, you make a character Colossal and they have Protected Outwit. Or, yeah. Um, and then I can't remember what my other, I think I'm running two of pentacles, which is like the shape change card. Hmm. That's just kind of innocuous. Not a lot of people are actually running shape change right now, which is weird because a lot of people are playing the necro sword. So shape change doesn't mean much unless you, uh, don't or aren't playing against a necro sword person. Um, before we go on to Ryan, Anthony, what, as a judge, and a player, what do you think of tarot cards? Do you like them? Do you not like them? I think the hero community is kind of split 50-50 on tarot cards. Some hate it, some love them. I mean, it definitely added a new consideration for judging in terms of looking for marked cards and oh, I didn't um, think about that. Making sure people aren't like um manipulating their deck when they're shuffling it so they can control the order of when cards are going to come up um so there are definitely some considerations for it i am still very sad that nobody will make opaque uh card sleeves for tarot cards i have asked like Howard and the Rock did uh, consider it, and they were not too interested in it. I've asked other like custom groups that make Heroclix products if they'd consider the opaque tarot sleeves, and nobody wants to make them. Okay, I'm going to sound very dumb, but can you please explain opaque to me? <laughs> for, oh, so for, the, for, the, for, the, for the viewers that don't know what opaque mean. Fair enough. If you've seen um, anybody who has tarot cards and sleeves, they're like these translucent, clear sleeves where you can see exactly what's on the tarot card underneath it. Um, but opaque sleeves would be like uh, the back has a picture on it, like uh. black or white or a picture of the X-Men tarot logo or whatever. Um, but just something where you couldn't see the natural WizKids HeroClix tarot backing underneath um, this for more people like marking them right okay in case is i mean there there have been some people who like you pull it out of the pack or on your way to transport it to the event it gets a little dent or a ding and then if you could hide it in a sleeve then it's a lot easier to be like look i know my card took some damage but at least i can hide it yep and then you could still play it I think I remember seeing a video of a match where someone was like, just so you know, this card has a scratch on it. It's this card, something like that. Um, I forgot what uh, if it was something that Dial H posted or something. Like, he admitted to it like, hey, just so you know, this card is marked by accident. Um, and then he just wanted to make sure that he was up front with the guy and said, when you see this marked card, this is what's coming up. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so... With 
as a judge is that if someone's is marked, should it be not legal for that tournament? Or how would you go about that if someone had, you know, one or two marked? Like, he, they don't do it on purpose, obviously, but it was accidentally scratched or something like that. So they knew that when they saw the back of that card, that was coming up. How do you handle a situation like that? With my own personal preference, um, like when I'm the one in charge, my personal preference is I don't want people getting DQ'd over like accidental things or um, like things that they aren't intending to use as a cheat to manipulate the system and get unfair advantages. So what I would want to do is just say, Hi, Lily. Yes, you have popcorn. Uh, what I would want to say is like, Hey, just lay out your six or five or 12 tarot cards in a line, and then you number them one to whatever, and then roll a die with the correct number of sides on it every turn um, to draw from a like fake pool deck of all of those cards. Gotcha. I know they do that on uh, roll 20. That's how they kind of determine what tarot cards come up at what time. Right. So there's already like plenty of people are doing that and it's a great system in place that people are doing. Just do it in real life too. And then you can play mark cards. But now like if somebody's showing up and it's clear that their intent was to cheat and get an unfair advantage, then that's a different story. Yeah. yeah. That's, um there's definitely a, a line that I'm for. Yeah, I mean if you're shooting at this game find a different game <laughs> it's plastic figures it's rolling dice there's no reason that we my brother actually played with somebody up in madison many years ago he doesn't play anymore but there was a guy that used to come to casual games with loaded dice and the venue made it a rule after the guy got caught that they had to use cups and they had to use house dice for events because this guy just constantly brought loaded dice to casual games so yeah don't be one of those people Oh, uh, yeah. When I was in uh, the Madison area, there was one guy that got um, banned from the store because he pulled or he tried to claim he pulled in a sealed event four chases out of the same booster. Wait, what? God, packs. It was War of Light, where it was like you had to cram that in to fit four entities. Yeah, they didn't make God packs or War of Light, anyways. <laughs> no! See, even your son agrees. No, they didn't. Um, yeah, the, to try to pull that off, four entities in one booster, that's pretty unreal. That thing must have been bulging when he was trying to open it up. I remember when they tried to stiff or um, try to try to stick in two Minotaurs together in the Wonder Woman boosters, and that was over um, or too much to do. Uh, but Ryan, let's talk about your team if you want to. I know you like to keep some of your teams hush hush, but do you have an idea what you're going to be bringing to the Cheesehead Championship? Is it going to be the same team you're going to be playing for Worlds? What do you got for this weekend? Yeah, there's a lot of teams that I kind of wanted to play, especially when I found out what was rotating, but I'm really going to use it just to practice for Worlds. So my team's not going to change much from what I played uh, at the States for Illinois and Wisconsin. So it's uh, Spider-Man with the Necro Sword, Sicarian with the Cloak, starting with uh, Black Skull on the map, the MOE, and then uh, Madam Web, the Mephisto, Star Sapphire, and Skinny Steve Rogers for leadership. 
Nice. Full uh, MOE swap on the sideline. So full. Yeah. I've been practicing it for a while, so that's kind of what I'm just going to stick with. Has there ever been a situation because you like MOE, you played a lot. Has there ever been a situation where you bring in Ghost Goblin because of all the games that I see, he's always on the sideline, but I've never seen him brought in. So he's very situational. He definitely won me a game in Illinois where it was close to the end and I just didn't want to roll dice anymore because I kept missing. So I just came in and poisoned. Uh, typically, he's the reason why I lose my MOE swap, though, is when he comes in, he'll be the one that dies. So it's more of like a, it, I just need to get the penetrating poison right now. But he definitely has his uses, but probably the least common I bring in. Over even more than Thor? Oh, he's not even on my sideline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Poor Thor. Um, yeah, Hound has his uses. Now, do you start with Black Skull? Yeah, I start with Black Skull on my team because I get that leadership role for a possible War Machine, which he typically misses all of his things. I think I I don't think I brought him in once um, uh, during Wisconsin or Illinois states. I didn't hit leadership with him once before I swapped him out. But even bringing him in, I'd rather bring him in than Hound. So because he's got the Hound flurry charge. Or... Yeah, he's really good. Actually, well, you, his price is like basically doubled in the last three weeks. People are actually seeing how good he really is. Yeah. Um. What about Doom again? I he's always on the sideline. I just never see him brought in. He does a lot of stuff. Um. I got to get better with him. I only brought him in for certain things. Uh, it's in was or what was it? it Illinois, and I was starting to play him wrong, and so he is really good. He has his uses. He's great against like swap or if um, the absorbing man prime comes in. Any reason why you couldn't outwit a piece that started uh, off the board? He's great. He is your force blast uh, pulse wave piece, and then he gets powers or he can do extra healing based off of um, your opponents using certain powers and stuff so uh he's really good i just need to practice with him a little bit more because he was the piece that i had never brought in before i put him on the team at worlds what and what do you mean by you said you were playing him wrong uh it, it's <laughs> got uh, to be just a long day and so i kind of kept getting ahead of myself where he doesn't actually have outwit on dial ah. but he allows you to outwit someone that didn't start in the for, uh, starting force so I was outwitting um, with him and for a turn or two or something when I couldn't. Yeah, so he has the ability to turn off power cosmic and things like that, but then other people have to actually be doing the outwit. Right, yeah. So I think it was like one round where I accidentally did that. He can get outwit, but... Um, yeah, he just doesn't have it, though. He's got to get it a certain yeah, way. Exactly, yeah. He, he, yeah. That's what I and was then, expecting. like, I, I practiced with him. Uh, I actually played roll twenty to practice the other day. Wait, 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 what? What you yep, played yep. roll twenty? One game. I said <laughs> if they pulled my pieces, I would play, and then they pulled and my pieces. We did. We did pull his team. <laughs> but, uh, I followed up with it. Um, um, but uh, I, I put him on the map because I did want to try him a little bit more, and I totally forgot to uh, do that every time. I think it's like perplex outwit and prob, right? Yep. Yeah. As soon as one of those goes off, he is able to. Either you have options of what you can do with it, but yeah, yeah. So I didn't. I forgot uh, Miles per, uh, probed, and then he used perplex, and I didn't forget until he was like two actions after that. So it's just I got to put him on the board a little bit more. It's hard because like I won't play him for you know three games, and then maybe he's only in for one turn. Yeah, but he's got utility. His damage. 
good. His effect is like really good against, say, like an absorbing man because he's power cosmic, but he comes in off the sideline, so he's not right. part of your starting force. So you could then bring in Doom at least outwit one of his powers because he can pick a power every time he's attacked. So when you're trying to go on the offensive on him, it, it, Doom can be very clutch for like coming in and uh, stripping him of something that you know is going to be really crucial for you to hit. Yeah, Doom exactly. is very. Um... I can't think of the word, but he has the word outwit a lot on his card, but he just doesn't have outwit because like his defensive power is invuln mastermind regen protected outwit. And then his damage power is leadership protected outwit. But some people might overlook the protected part and just think leadership outwit. And you would think a doom would just have outwit. Um, go ahead, Dan. No, it's just I like that he's good against swap teams. And the funny thing is there's not going to be much swap left, but there will be more <laughs> sideline active stuff. So he'll still be good for that in and of itself. Yeah. And then Iron Inquisitor is just Iron Inquisitor. He's one of the best pieces for that team. Um, And then are you running Taros, Ryan? Yeah, I'm getting closer and closer to not doing it because they've just screwed with me so many times. That's the only thing I might change a little bit uh but as of right now I'm, I'm running the same ones i did before and that's the sidestep is three instead of two which is the nine of pentacles the super strength one where you can generate an object that's the five of swords uh, ten of cups which is the plus one to impervious queen of wands which is plus one to any die uh d1 roll or d1 uh one die roll and then uh, the Emperor, which is that one that Dan was talking about, where you become colossal and get protected outwit and all that stuff. Did you say Queen of Cups? Uh, Queen of Wands. Oh, Queen of Wands. I, yeah. I think you said Cups, because um, that's the max of two damage one. Oh, okay. Um, you're not playing the star? <laughs> no. Uh, it came. It was good in one game for me, and uh, I got rocked by Christine when I didn't go first once, and uh, that was the end of that card. All right. Um, and then are you, I didn't ask uh, Dan this, but I can, are you leaning more towards short maps with your team or um, long maps? I try to go with uh, just options. So I have, I think on mine, I have one small and two bigs. Uh, and then it just really depends on what people bring. I honestly don't, I'm not themed and I rarely get to choose map. Yeah. Dan, are you more into the small or the long maps? Oh, did we lose Dan? Yeah. Oh, there he is. I have, no, I have two small and one large. So I have options too. Basically, I'm trying to... Because uh, sometimes your opponent picks your map for you. Like they'll if they if they win, they, they put you on one of your maps still. Like I, I even saw that during a couple of the States events where I lost map, but they still picked one of my maps. So... Um, I know we had um, Clay Wood on last week, and he'd asked a question on if people if you were more into picking map or going first. Dan, are you when you win initiative? Are you more of a I want to pick my map or I want to go first kind of player? I like map versus uh, versus going first. Ryan, what about you? Uh, I built my team thinking I'm going second. I would prefer to go first, but I'm ready to always go second. <laughs> yeah. uh, and with the new terrain that you're able to get from the, the play-at-home kits, you're kind of able to mold the map 
to your likings anyway if you don't get map which is kind of nice mm-hmm. so like if you if you are playing against a spider-man and you don't get map there's elevation out there that you can just put on there to help him with his web crawler and things like that so losing map isn't necessarily a killer like it was a few months ago or whenever they made the change from first player gets to pick everything to now it's either pick map or go first um anthony do you like sorry go ahead ryan I was going to say, it's been a good change. I think it's honestly worked really well. The games seem more balanced right from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, there's been a couple times where I've just heard other podcasts and things like that say that if they just if they lost the first turn uh, or if they lost um, initiative, they just lost the game. Like, okay, well, you win because I can't do okay. anything against you because you pick map and everything like that. Uh, because they did first change it to where initiative roll was only plus three, not plus nine or anything like that. So there was a little bit of balance there. And then they just changed it to the plus three. And you could either go first or pick map. Anthony, did you like that rule change when that happened? I absolutely loved that rule change. I was a very much an advocate who was in favor of that before it ever even happened. Yep. I mentioned it several times beforehand that I would like to see that. We actually did an event last year i think it was where we made that exact rule was that you could either pick first or you could pick map and i think we called it the choose wisely event or something like that do you have only the only difference though was that we went with um you could either choose map and side i think it was or go first yep that's right so there's a slight difference in what they ended up going with Anthony, do you get any kind of say or um suggest anything to whiz kids when you know, rules come up or they're talking about changing this. Um, do you have any say in that? Uh, I would say that that is beyond something I'm going to talk about. Okay. Fair enough. Um, let's see what else. So I'm, I'm expecting people to pretty much bring the heat on Saturday. Um, I don't know if Lucas is going to be playing his second place mission point team that he played at Nats. I believe what he played at Nats was exactly what he played at in um, our states. I just know that Riddler has screwed him over twice because he keeps rolling that one for the Riddler power. Uh, he would have won our, or he not would have won our states, but he would have advanced in the states if he would have gotten one more turn because all he had to do was say, power action heal, I win the game because I think he was at 19 mission points. Um, I watched his game against Alex Mater for the um, national championship game, and he really he he brought out his two stop signs, which was a smart move on turn one. But then he didn't make the barrier, which I was unsure about. I don't know if anyone else watched that game, but or he maybe just didn't have the actions to. But he just made the two stop signs and then passed, and then Alex Mater made rookie. Rookie moved out and shot both of them and killed them, and then he and then um, Lucas kind of just committed to moving out to killing Rookie by force blasting him into a wall, which basically put him into the middle of the map, which then put him in range of a um, uh, Prime Spider-Man and a Carnage Surfer. So um, I think if he would have put up the barrier, he probably could have won that game. 
but um, I'm not sure why he did. I have to go back and look at the tape to see why he decided to not do that. But it was a great run. It was great to see Mission Points get second at Nationals. I don't know if he's going to take a different um, turn for this or for Worlds, but I always like to see Lucas's teams because he comes up with some pretty good ones. Um, what else? What else can we talk about? Covered a lot of stuff. We uh, did. <clears throat> yeah, last night even. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll also share my thoughts on the small versus large maps. Go I mean, ahead. I definitely, I also would choose a, like, I definitely would choose a large map if I'm defensive, going second, trying to avoid getting alpha stricken. But other than that, I like the small maps. Um, I really love how they're designing them to be asymmetrical. So you get four different options in terms of choosing a starting area where, like, your starting area choice actually matters now instead of back in the day of like, if you guys remember armor wars, the lab map or just any of those perfectly symmetrical maps or near symmetrical where it's like, Oh, so I'm choosing nothing as the person who chooses starting area. I think that's so great that there's now that like major choice in terms of the starting area. Do you remember the uh, prison map? I can't remember what set that was from though. Um, or you basically only used about 20% of the entire map. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do like it how they're not making the map so symmetrical. Are you a fan of how they're making the game smaller? So like before it took up, was it 24 by 16 figures had 12 speeds, stuff like that. Now it's going 16 by 16, I believe. And figures are getting like a seven speed. Like they're, they're compacting the game a little bit more. As somebody who regularly has to set up the tables for players to play at, I am a huge fan of it because now it is so much easier to have like the same number of people at a table and everybody not complain like, oh, I don't have room for my seven cases and my dice tray yep. and everything I brought with me. Yeah, the the sidelines, at least, I mean, the sidelines can be a little bit packed together now or a little bit out there because it used to be nine sideline figures now it's six but at one point it just like 70 percent of your team was on your sideline it seemed like yeah and there was no room and that was just your figures then you had the other opponent's figures that had all of his stuff like i remember uh was it supreme intelligence with um what other um, Galactuses on the sidelines, stuff like that, and there was just no room, elbow room, to uh, play on any of the tables. So I do like the fact that they are breaking the down the game a little bit, and it is more of a I can't stay in my starting area anymore and just you know ping you. You can get to me a lot easier, kind of game. Yeah. Because it did feel like there was a lot of teams out there that I just sit in my starting area. And um, you can't do anything about it. So, like, I think of Silver Centurion with the torpedo. I think of Pharaoh Iron Man with the bird. There's the Scarab, obviously. There was Thanos. It was just a lot more I'm not leaving my starting area because I don't have to. Uh, uh, Prime Batman, singing Batman that can just mind control um, anybody on the board. It feels like it. So I do like it that they are making the game more interactive, I guess, is the best way to say that. I think it's been a great change because we're actually rolling dice uh, on turn two, usually at the latest. Yeah. Yeah. That is much better. 
Um, well, I think that's it, unless we have any more hype in the do for the game. Like I said, um, if you want to come, we would love to have you. There's plenty of space uh, at Coliseum Games. We usually play at our other uh, venue in New Berlin, but it is a smaller venue. We'd have to cap off to like 20 people, and usually when you put caps on pe- on events, people don't show up because they don't know if they can get in or not. Uh, so Coliseum Games is a huge area they got a nice uh, don't they have like two side rooms to use just in case they got a decent size yeah they have a, a like a big room off to the side and then they have a main play area that's pretty big and spaced out with a decent amount of tables like we were pretty comfortable we think we had 16 people for states and we were pretty comfortable and there was i think two or three other events going on on the same day yeah there was like a magic event going on on the other tables that they had and, there and pokemon and something else too i believe yeah so it's going to be a fun time. I'll be streaming the games. I'll be taking a bunch of pictures, things like that. Next year, we are thinking about making this a weekend event rather than just a one-day event. So if people have to travel, you know, four, five, six hours or whatever, um, we kind of make it worth their while so they can stay at a hotel that night and then play on Sunday. We just have to work out the logis- logistics. Uh, me and Ryan were talking maybe like a team event two on two or three v three um we'll put like uh, a vote out there or some feelers out there to see what people would like to do but i think making it a weekend event rather than a day event might attract more people as well because i know was the kilted classic kind of a weekend event the first one i I think it was still one day we we drove down uh because the first one i think was in michigan or indiana i forget michigan Michigan, yes, and we drove down there and uh, stayed overnight, and then I think we ended up leaving right after the event. It was still a one-day thing. Yeah, but I know, like, Lucas, when uh, he's coming to the event, I think his is like a six-hour drive. He's going to have to make a six-hour drive, play clicks for eight, ten hours, and then drive six hours back that night unless he's staying the night. So uh, I think that will help people bring or bring help bring more people to the event if they know they don't have to do long drives. I know someone contacted me um, on Facebook and said he'd love to come, but it's a four-hour drive both ways. I mean, that's eight hours of driving right there just to play an event. So that's going to be our plan for next year. We're hoping to keep it the same time. I think it's a good enough time to have the event maybe push it to afterworlds when rotation happens we're not sure yet last year we had it in november i believe um but with wisconsin weather you never know what the weather is going to be like it's either going to be 110 degrees one day or a good blizzard the next so i'd have rather have it more happen in the fall time than in the winter time because if any kind of weather happens in winter time you're just going to have to cancel the event for sure so, and then when you get into October, November, December, that's when the holidays start happening, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it's really hard to get uh, people in for events when the big holidays are happening, things like that. Um, there's one more thing I was going to mention, but I forgot what it was. But yeah. Um, Wait, one one thing I don't think you did mention is that um, I'll have some Battle Royale maps too, ah. so we can fire Battle Royales as well. Yep, that was in the back of my brain. So after Swiss, if, for those of you who stick around, if you want to stick around for top eight or even during the dinner break, do some Battle Royals. You're more than welcome to. Uh, we're not going to have Notorious, unfortunately, but I know he does have a bunch of other sets. He's got, you know, he has a lot of product there. 
So if you're looking for older sets, like not too old, obviously, but newer modern sets, he does have that. I'm not really going to have any prizes for that. I mean, I could put up some of like the clicks trays and things like that if you guys want to play for it uh, for prizing. Or even whoever wins gets to pick a prize out of the prize box of what's left after um, the cut. Um, but you are more than um, willing to, or, well, you are more than, you can play Battle Royals. How about that? You can play Battle Royals during Top 8, or if you just want to stick around and watch the games, that's um, great, too. We'd love to have you guys stick around for as long as possible. Um, now, real quick before we sign off for the night, when we do the dinner break, I don't know that area very well. Ryan, what are some of the food options for people in that area? Um, there's a lot of stuff right around. Um, off the top of my head, I know there's an Arby's like right across the street. Uh, it's probably not everyone's top choice, but there's a lot of options really close. It's, it's on a main street, so it's there's a lot of options. Okay. It is in a little strip, area, strip mall area. I don't think there's any food options in there, uh, but we are going to take like a 45-minute break or so. So if you do plan on uh, sticking around, just know that we're going to be um, starting right after like 45 minutes after the – Cut top top cut wow top eight happens. Um, anything else, guys, about Cheesehead Championship coming up? Uh, come on down. Yep, we'd love to have you. Uh, we yep. tr- we try to get uh, Kenny Minx out here all the way from uh, Texas. Uh, even me and Ryan offered to pick him up from the airport, give him a free Airbnb at our houses, but I guess he just couldn't swing it. Uh, I mean, he is coming all the way from Texas, so it is quite a bit of ways away. But we were hoping to get him out of retirement for the Cheesehead Championship. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I even bought something from him, and he was like, hey, are you going to the Cheesehead thing? And I'm like, I'm judging. And he's like, oh, okay, I really wanted to make that. Yeah, <laughs> I think he just couldn't quite swing it. Um, but we were, we were hoping to have him. Maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe he's threw a red herring our way, and he's actually going to show up. But who knows? <laughs> Um, but we'd love to see everybody down there uh, that can make it. It's going to be a ton of fun. Like I said, I'll be streaming the game. So if you can't watch it uh, live, you'll be able to watch it um, on our Facebook channel. Uh, but that is going to be it for our podcast today. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. And um, we're glad to have you judge at the Cheesehead Championship on Saturday. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is my second time being on a HeroClix podcast. Wait, that's really? That's it? Yeah, only twice. May I ask who the other one was? Yeah. Dial H for Heroes. Dial H. All right. I think they dubbed you the fastest judge in HeroClix. Okay, it was definitely. I've definitely heard that a few times now, so... Because I believe what I remember at Worlds last year was there was a shot of you talking to some judges and then someone raised their hand and you literally just drop and just start this slow-mo run to there and your hair just flows in the wind behind you. Um, And it was quite impressive how fast you got over there. Like I said, I don't want people to lose their clock time waiting on a judge question. I want them to get to play hero clicks. That's what they came for. Here's a quick question because you brought up the clock, and I know this has been a debate for a long time. I think they're going to be testing it actually in Florida, but do you have any opinions on like a chess clock style format option for Hero Clicks? I can't honestly 
imagine a way that that ends well. I mean, I'm looking at, for me, I look at what do other games do and Magic the Gathering, which is like the gold standard of competitive gaming, they have not figured out a way to make that work. Um, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Warhammer, War Machine, Hordes, all of those other uh, Star Wars Legion, Shatterpoint, all of those other games, no one has managed to figure out a way to implement Chessbox and make it a good, healthy environment. Settlers of Catan, Dominion, none of those games. So I just, I don't see a way to do it. Chess and is I, the only yeah. game that has figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's also because there's no time limit to that game. I'm assuming all the other games have time limits. Right. And there's no interaction on your player's turn, uh, on the other player's turn. In chess, uh, while you're moving your piece, I can't do anything. Yeah. True. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what PJ and them come up with for the uh, Florida event. Also, just a big plug for them. If you don't, if you haven't had a chance to um, get down to Florida or sign up for his event, I don't think he has his website up quite yet, but uh, get a chance to get down to Florida for the Champion Clicks Open. Anthony, you'll be judging that one as well with PJ and Lucas. I will. Yep. Uh, I'll be going. Ryan will be going. Dan will be going. Miles will be going. Uh, I know a couple other members of the Clicksing crew will be down there. Uh, for what Dave is doing again this year, he's like cutting the hotel cost in half this year. I think hotels are, or the room is like 110 a night or something like that, 120 a night. It's super cheap this year. The last two years I've gone were absolutely blast. The first year he didn't have Scott Porter. Last year he did have Scott Porter. I got to play two battle royals with Scott Porter. Um, I got second at the, the pulp event or the pulp prince event with my teammate, Robert, um, got destroyed in modern like usual. And then, um, I, because now that I am my own boss and have my own business and not teaching anymore, I will be staying through the entire weekend and leaving Monday instead of leaving Sunday morning, which I'm very excited about. He did move the date back to, I want to say January 26th through the 28th. That sounds about right. Yes, that is the dates. Uh, so we've pushed it back a little bit later into the year rather than right after the holidays. So hopefully that gives people some chance to get their bank accounts a little bit more um, healthy after the holidays to get out there. But if you do get a chance, get out there. Keep looking at uh, his Facebook page for updates on it uh, because I would love to see everyone down there as well. Uh, but, yeah, that is going to be it for the podcast. I look forward to seeing everybody on Saturday that comes. Again, if you need any information about the champion or the Chisa Championship, feel free to contact me on Facebook. Uh, check out our sponsor over at Glass Cabinet Hobbies and use code CLIXINGIT, C-L-I-X-I-N-T, to get 5% off your order. And also our Patreon at patreon.com backslash CLIXINGIT. Our Patreon of our video will be coming up on, looks like, next Thursday is when I'll be doing that. And I'm going to be doing um, mystery boxes. So I'll just be doing like five mystery boxes for whatever winners. And um, I'll send out that out to the winner. So you won't know what you're going to be um, winning this month, uh, except till when you get it. So, yeah. Also, you know, I have butchered our new motto so many times and even after the last episode i was on i thought i got it right and then everyone told me that i got it wrong so probably 
maybe gonna change that again not sure because i can't quite get it right or i could just you know be a grown 40 adult man and learn my own model for uh time to time but uh <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight and remember not all superheroes wear capes some roll dice have a good night